The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. This is Wildcat Insider with the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson and Mitch Fortner. Well, just like the K-State men's and women's basketball teams in Morgantown on Saturday, we're a little bit shorthanded this week on the show. Uh, Today, I am flying solo. Wyatt Thompson, who did not make the trip uh, to Morgantown, unable to make the trip here today to uh, old 2414 Casement Road for understandable reasons. And also, uh, Troy Coverdale, he's out for the entire week. And then uh, David G not available for today. So we're kind of, I wouldn't say it's certainly the same situation as the men's and women's basketball teams. The men on uh, on Saturday had eight players available and one coach. I should say, um, well, nine if you count the non-scholarship player. I should actually put it this way. Uh, Just eight players in total. And I'm adding the one because of the one coach available, which was... uh, Coach uh, Jermaine Henderson. But nonetheless, K-State loses a couple of games last week, and the K-State women's basketball team, who played with eight players on Saturday, managed to win down uh, or over in Morgantown 71-61. to Now, here on the show, I, I definitely as well wanted to set aside some time to talk about Matt Miller. Matt Miller passed away late Saturday night. Former K-State quarterback, he was a starter in the 1995 season, um, passed away after a battle with cancer, less than two-year battle with cancer, prostate cancer to be exact, um, and he he passed away over the weekend at the age of 49, super young. He was also a coach for K-State for 10 years. He played baseball at K-State for a couple of years. We are planning to be joined by former K-State wide receiver Mitch Running here in uh, in just a moment. Uh, also coming up in the show, we are scheduled to talk with uh, Brian Smoller. That's later on here in this hour, as uh, Brian was on the call for both games. I w- I'm curious to know, as a, from a broadcaster standpoint, as a broadcaster myself, Brian Smoller having to do a double dip of college basketball. If you think about that, you know it's a couple of games that go a couple of hours, and you're doing two of them. Yeah, that's not an easy task. That's tough on a broadcaster, but he also obviously got to see both games in person, just his takeaways from the uh, K-State men and women competing in uh, Morgantown, West Virginia against the Mountaineers, two very good teams the K-State teams had to take on. Also scheduled to have uh, K-State Athletic Director Gene Taylor on at 520. He is actually right now in Indianapolis. Of course, he's a member of this season of the College Football Playoff Selection Committee. And uh, I, I want his take. Well, here's the deal. He, he probably really can't give a take on uh, the national championship game, which is unfortunate. But um, he's right now in Indianapolis. He's going to be able to take in the national championship game. And also his thoughts, Colin Klein getting the uh, bump up to uh, offensive coordinator. And um, his take on the win over LSU in the Texas Bowl, plus the uh, current uh, 
condition of uh, K-State men's and women's basketball. It's certainly been a busy last week, and we'll try to get to K-State football. As a looks like we're uh, having some trouble getting a hold of Mitch running here. Share uh, a fact about Mitch running, who was a K-State wide receiver from 92 to, to uh, 95. He's actually a cop these days, and he's been working the night shift, is what he told me last night. So I understand if uh, he is... Uh, a little bit busy. He's also a new father. I shouldn't say new father, but recently became a father. Um, and, you know, graduating college in 95 and just now becoming a father, it's got to be quite the experience from him. But we are trying to get a hold of Mitch running uh, so we can hear his thoughts and uh, his memories of, uh, of Matt Miller. And uh, because they played together for a couple of years, Matt Miller, he came to K-State in 93 and um, he didn't become a starter until 95 because I'm sure you might remember who was in front of him, Chad May. And so as a senior, Mitch Running became the starter and my goodness was that, in my opinion, one of the most important uh, K-State football seasons of all time, important as in trailblazing the way for future K-State teams to have even greater success than that 95 team who was very successful. I'll tell you what, um, 785-537-1350. Again, that number, 785-537-1350. Those who remember those days, the Mitch Running days, the Matt Miller days, those early 90 seasons, share with us your memories of Matt Miller, that 95 season. Uh, 537-1350, again, is that number, if you can uh, recall those days. Because, you know, when Mitch Running and uh, and Matt Miller, when those guys played together, they had that kind of like that three-headed monster, right, of of wide receivers with uh, also in there Tyson Schweiger, uh, Schweiger, rather, and also, of course, Kevin Lockett. But I think what I remember most from those 95 days was uh, the defense. That, that defense was... Absolutely stacked. You had, you know, Travis Oaks, uh, Mark Simino to, to mention a couple of guys. That was a bruiser of a defense. But when it comes to my memories of Matt Miller, I was five years old that season. My memories are a bit foggy from those days, if you can imagine. I really actually wasn't a diehard K State fan at the time. You know, five years old, I was busy being a kid. I don't exactly remember watching a whole lot of K-State games back then or even going to games. I didn't go to my first game until 97. But even those days, games on TV were pretty rare. And even listening on the radio, I don't really recall so much of the Matt Miller days. And with his passing, you know, of course, the media is going to put out their articles about Matt Miller and his days as K-State and what he was able to do in that 95 season. I've, actually, I've learned a lot about Matt Miller of these last couple of days. I did not know he was a baseball player until I read up about him yesterday. And Matt Miller was an all-Big 8 second-team selection. He had a batting average of over 300. I mean, that guy was an absolute stud, not just in football, but in uh, baseball. And, and, uh, and coming up at 510, I certainly want to talk about you know, why Matt Miller was such a key figure in the success of K-State football. He certainly couldn't have done it alone that year, 
But there was a few things that I thought were really unique about his time. Of course, it's the seventh season of Bill Snyder. Bill Snyder was you know up and running, but that was also a very transitional time for K-State football. So again, the number is 537-1350. Feel free to call in and, and share with us your memories of Matt Miller and his time at K-State, that era of K-State football, why you may feel that he was such a key piece of, uh, of K-State's past and also at the time a piece of K-State's future as, uh, as the teams were up and coming there. I mean, it wasn't long after that. Matt Miller was a coach for K-State. When he wrapped up his tenure, he became, as, as a player, and he became a, a GA. And then later on would become an assistant coach. And think about the guys as a former K-State quarterback that he got to mentor. He was at K-State for a long time. And then he got the opportunity to become an assistant coach, or I should say uh, a coach at Garden City. And for those that don't know, at Garden City, he got to coach uh, a pretty big-time player now in the NFL in Tyreek Hill. Just the names he's been able to mentor. What an awesome opportunity that is. For those that don't know, Matt Miller, that 95 season, he was a Davey O'Brien Award finalist. He was an All-American. He, in one season... Got to do something a lot of guys have don't get to do in a four year span, and it kind of it's kind of funny because his his story begins actually at Texas A and M. You know this California kid who ends up then uh, going to Texas A and M to start his career. You know it kind of just kind of gives you that transfer portal type of feel when it comes to Matt Miller because it's not working out at A and M. He transfers over in '93. In that 93 season, obviously, because of the NCAA rules, he can't play that first year. So he sits out, and then in 94, he backups. He's the backup to Chad May. And then after Chad May leaves after the 94 season and, and gets a cup of coffee in the NFL, Matt Miller is your guy. And uh, we, uh, we've made so many jokes over the years about Iowa State and how Iowa State, you know, it's been already a hundred. I'm going to do some math here. 109 years since Iowa State has last won a conference championship. Iowa State has never won 10 games in a season. Matt Miller was the first quarterback to win 10 games in a season. And he did so in 1995. But the way he became a trailblazer, it goes much more deeper than that. And again, coming up at 510, I do want to talk more about that, about exactly what made him so unique at K-State. Really, his story isn't the most unique portion of that. Coming from Texas A&M, it's not working out. He backs up who many would consider a legend at K-State and Chad May, who what started for three years at K-State. And he waited in the wings. He waited to be that guy. And this day and age, I mean, who really waits anymore to be the guy? The patience, you just don't quite see that anymore in student-athletes. Something else that was pretty special about Matt Miller. Guy that bought into the system. And he waited his time. He waited that year, really waited two years, 
So he could be the starting quarterback for one season at K-State. He played, he played in eight games in 94. But he was a backup. Chad May leaves. He becomes the guy in 95 and has one of the best seasons in K-State history. And at the time, we could count it as the best season in, in K-State history. We're still trying to get a hold of Mitch Running, who was scheduled to be on at 4:10. And again, he is a he's a busy guy. I'm not sure exactly where he is these days, um, but he he's a he's a police officer now who's working that night shift, and he 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 warned me that he sleeps during the day. Um, but uh, we're we're still trying to get a hold of Mitch Running here. But uh, coming up here in just a few moments as well, we'll be speaking with Brian Smuller, who of course used to be on this show. As a matter of fact, he used to be on Wildcat Insider when I first started, but it became the John Kurtz Wyatt Thompson show over the last few years. Still scheduled to be joined by K-State Athletic Director Gene Taylor. I also, we got to get into K-State women's basketball. When I say we need to get into it, of course we need to talk about it, but also as fans, we need to be more into this team. I have many opinions, and I've been about the current state of this of K-State women's basketball but the success had been brewing for a couple of years. And the success, success right now is building for the future. And they happen to pick up a couple of nice road victories That's this last week in, uh, in Big 12 women's basketball. But coming up next, I do want to speak with Brian Smoller and his, uh, his thoughts, his takeaways from this last road trip for K-State men's and women's basketball at West Virginia. Former K-Man employee, Brian Smoller, coming up next here on Wildcat Insider. So to come at 520, expected to be joined by K-State Athletic Director Gene Taylor, who's in Indianapolis for the National Championship tonight. And as I mentioned in the previous segment, setting some time aside so we can speak about the uh, the the career the life of former K State quarterback Matt Miller who passed away late Saturday night and to help us speak about Matt Miller we're now joined by former K State wide receiver Mitch Running Mitch I appreciate your time uh, joining us here on the show before we, uh, we we get to Matt you told me last night you're now in law enforcement back in your college days you're trying to run away from the secondary and now you're chasing after guys what's it like being a cop these days. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's a good uh, good profession. Um, we're definitely in trying times with law enforcement, but uh, you know, every day, um, you know, it's a blessing to you know to go out and uh, and help people and serve the community. Well, Mitch, your time at K State was a really pivotal time for for the K State program. It was when you came in in '92. It was starting to climb out of the out of the basement when it came to the. Uh, really the opinion of the rest of college athletics, and it really became a powerhouse by the time he left in 95. So uh, during that time, 92 to 95, was there a moment, was there a time when you realized, wow, this team is not just this team, but K-State now is becoming a big deal? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I I think, um, you know, that 93 season, obviously Chad May's first season, but, you know, with the culmination of the Copper Bowl going to our first bowl game, and, uh, you know, the support that the fans were giving us, the, uh, the, the attendance uh, at that game, uh, you know, just everything culminated in, into, you know, just a great season. And, uh, you know, that really, you know, springboarded us into those following years. 
Speaking with former K-State wide receiver Mitch Running, who played in the early 90s, let's talk about Matt Miller, who unfortunately passed away due to cancer at the age of 49 uh, late Saturday night. When he came in from Texas A&M, he had to sit out that 93 season and finally you know, got to play with the team in 94 and started in 95. But when did you know that he was going to be a big deal and be a great replacement for Chad May? Well, you know, he, he, he was a great athlete. Um, you know, we, we knew that. You know, he played baseball, um, a yeah, very mobile quarterback. Uh, but to be honest with you, you know, you big shoes to fill, uh, you know, with, with Chad May leaving and, uh, and, uh, you know, we having great success the previous two years. And, uh, you know, we, we had a good idea that, that Matt was going to be, uh, you know, a quarterback for us that would, that would lead us forward. Uh, but, uh, but you know what, he just, he stepped up. He was, he was a competitor and, and a warrior and, uh, you know, he just, he, he all around just a great athlete and he did some great things at K-State. You know, to kind of, I told the the listeners here before the break that you know coming up later in the show I'm going to talk about how I how I felt like Matt Miller was a was a big game changer when it came to the K State offense. To kind of give a spoiler to that, it was about his running game and how he kind of became that first quarterback that was a, a running quarterback. How much did he change the offense? Because not only was he a game changer in the offense, but you also had Dana Dimmel who took over. In '95 as the offense coordinator, but how much did the offense change when he took over? Well, you know, Chad, Chad was a pocket passer. Uh, you know, Chad, Chad, his mobility was was not great. Uh, you know, Matt gave us the ability to extend plays. Uh, you know, he, he would scramble. Uh, you know, I can remember uh, a, a number of plays where he'd be out of the pocket. Uh, you know, making things happen, and then, and then just uh, you know running. You know, being able to run that ball and. Uh, and, 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 and make those plays. And, uh, you know, it was definitely a, a different style of quarterback than Chad May. And I think that, you know, kind of changed, uh, you know, things, uh, you know, for quarterbacks to come uh, in that offense. So there's no secret. I mean, the big highlight that Matt Miller had in his time was a pass to Kevin Lockin in the Cincinnati game back in 95, of course. That, that was the game winner, won by a couple of points. But from, from your point of view, like, what do you remember about that play and what led up to it? Well, you know, so, you know Chad May had the drive uh, against Oklahoma State, and that, that was kind of the, the drive. And, it, it, you know, in, in Matt's own uh, – you know, fashion. He, he had a similar drive, and you know, it's you know that could have that could have been very detrimental with that loss to Cincinnati to that season, or you know, it could have changed things dramatically. And you know, he had a great drive, and uh, to cap that drive off with a with a game ending pass to lock it, you know, it's, it's something I'll never forget. I, you know, it was um, you know of all the plays that 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 I've been a part of with with Kansas State, that is. Uh, probably one of the biggest, uh, you know, it was just, it, it was just unbelievable. And, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the connection that they had and, 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 and as time ran out, um, you know, it's something I will never forget. Well, when it comes to your career, I, I can recall, you know, Mitch Holtis having some great calls on some of your touchdowns. One of your, one of my favorite plays of yours was against Iowa State, a leaping touchdown in the end zone. Uh, when it came to Matt Miller throwing the ball though, do you have a favorite catch that you have from Matt Miller? You know that, that that Iowa State game. Uh, you know uh, Matt and I had a, a number of connections, and that was a cold game. Uh, you know I'm from Iowa, 
And uh, I had a lot of a lot of friends and family there. I'd be in my senior year going up to Iowa State, and Tyson Schweiger was from Iowa as well. So it was a big game for us. And, uh, boy, I think, uh, you know, Matt connected with me, I, I think, six times in that game. And, it you know, it was just – it just had a, a great game. It was. I was happy to go back to Iowa and and and, and play well against Iowa State. And uh, you know that it was it was really a good game. Uh, you know, uh, to, to to be able to go back home. And uh, you know, it's one of those ones that I remember about Matt. Uh, just a, a number of passes in that game, uh, connecting uh, with him, or you know, him connecting with me, and. Uh, uh, but really, you know, with Matt, it's it, for me. It's the toughness it, it, for him. I'll, I'll never forget the toughness. That guy was a warrior. You mentioned Tyson Schweiger there. He also, of course, Kevin Lockett, that three-headed monster with yourself. What was the chemistry like between you guys? You know, we we, we had a great chemistry. Uh, you know, Tyson and I, being from Iowa, uh, we we actually knew each other. We we, we took our visit to uh, K State together, um, so we we drove down and uh, went together. I made our decision that we'd be going to K State, and then you know uh, Kevin was a year behind us. Um, you know, so we, we we got we got to know each other real well, and then obviously you know um, uh, played you know those last two seasons uh, together in '94 and '95, and you know we did. We you know, all three of us just brought different things to the game, and uh, and I think we gelled really well, and uh, it was just you know it was, it was a great time. What can you tell me about Matt Miller? Off the field, what kind of guy was he? You know, Matt. Matt always had a smile for you and a laugh. Uh, you know, I, I I can't remember a time with Matt where um, you know he was he, he just had a bad attitude or anything like that. He just he, he was always upbeat, um, and and he just had a great personality. And uh, you know that that was Matt, and uh, just happy go lucky, just a great guy, do anything for you. And uh, those are things I'll remember about Matt. Do you have any stories that stands out to you that is a good story about explaining exactly what kind of good guy he was? Yeah, you know, uh, Matt. He uh, he's base, you know he's a baseball player, and uh, Matt uh, talked me into uh, playing some baseball. I came from a, a, a baseball rich uh, uh, high school in, in Iowa, and uh, he actually talked me into. Uh, to play in a summer league with, uh, with, with, with him and some of the, uh, K-State guys back in, uh, would have been the summer of 90, 94. And, uh, in the following year, uh, talked me into going out, uh, and, and playing with the baseball team. So it would have been the spring of 95. And, uh, you know, that what I enjoyed about that was I got to see a, a different, uh, different aspect of, you know, with the baseball team, you know, outside of football, got to meet a lot of great guys on the baseball team, it was short lived. Uh, yeah, I, I think we took a trip down to McNeese State. It was probably game six or seven of the season, and Coach Schneider called me in and uh, and said, "That's uh, yeah, I think we got to we got to end this baseball thing because I was you know I wasn't playing much uh, at all." And uh, but Matt, you know, he 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 gave me that opportunity to see just a different side of that that, that experience that I did, had in college. Uh, to, uh, to to play some baseball and, and, and get to know those guys on that team. And, you know, he actually uh, convinced me to do it. And uh, I'm very thankful of that, that opportunity. You had the opportunity to not only play against KU, but beat KU in a couple of very interesting situations. 94 was the first win in Lawrence in a long time. 95 was in Manhattan, but that's the only time those two 
programs had ever met, both being ranked. I'm sure both of those are really fun in your memory, but which one stands out to you as being a, a bigger win? Uh, 95. Uh, you know, I think uh, having, having both teams uh, ranked on the field, and uh, I can't remember what the score was, but it was, it was a large margin. Um, and just, you know, Matt, Matt playing well, and, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, I, I, stats-wise, I can't remember, but I just remember him having a, a great game and, uh, and you know, really just dominating that game. And uh, I would say in 94 was a great game over in Lawrence as well, but I, I think 95, uh, you know, with Matt at the helm definitely sticks out more in my mind. Speaking with former K-State wide receiver Mitch Running, got a couple more for you. There was a couple of questions that came in on Twitter and I thought were uh, good questions. Uh, obviously, this day and age, you know, coaches are trying to put weight on guys and they got to go by certain diets and eat this and that and eat this this many times a day. It's, it's It can be pretty strict. What was that kind of thing like dieting and, and nutrition? What was that like back in the day? Did not exist. There, there wasn't much. Uh, there wasn't much nutrition uh, spoke of uh, back then. So uh, you know, they they gave us uh, you know at our training table, uh, you know, well balanced diet. But you know, it's, I don't think it's anything compared with with what guys do today. Was there a lot of going out to eat, going out to Aggieville back in those days? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of pizza, uh, a lot of very unhealthy food. So uh, yeah, I think uh, times are definitely different. And then the other question was about uh, name, image, and likeness. Like, obviously, that's a huge deal now in college football, and even for some recruits out there, kind of it's like a highest bidder type of thing. The way things stand, but what would you imagine that would have been like back in those days? Um, you know, I, I I have mixed feelings on that uh, that issue. Um, I, I I think I, I, yeah, it would have been great to uh, you know be making money as a as, as a young uh, you know late teens, early twenties. Uh, athlete, but you know, I think uh, I have some concerns about what it's going to do to the game, and uh, you know, I, I I just don't know. It, it, I've seen some things uh, since it's so new, and uh, it's very troubling. So I I, I I don't don't know exactly how things are going to go, but I, I have some concerns about the, the future of you know basically college football at this point. Speaking with former K-State wide receiver Mitch Running, before I let you go, I, I, I meant to ask this earlier, but another, just one more on Matt Miller. Just uh, after football, uh, were you able to keep in contact with him? Were you guys typically uh, close throughout the years? You know, I, unfortunately, no. Um, you know, I would see Matt when uh, when I'd be back to football games, and I was trying to remember. Uh, you know, just this last weekend, probably when's the last time that that we'd uh, seen each other, and, and you know. I think it was uh, you know, way back in uh, 2003. I was a grad assistant with uh, uh, with KU, and then you know Matt was on the staff at K State when we played. Um, and I, I we may have seen each other at, at a uh, uh, you know when I w- went back to a K State game. Unfortunately, I, you know, I'm out in Idaho. I don't get back very much um, to uh, you know every every other year or so to a K State game. And unfortunately, that's that's one of the things I do regret after uh, you know this this. Uh, this last weekend is just not not staying in touch with him. Well, I'm right there with you. I had a friend pass away a couple of years ago that I didn't quite keep in touch with as much. So I know what that's like. But uh, Mitch, greatly appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming on and and sharing a few memories about the late Matt Miller. And I uh, wish you the best of luck. And hopefully we can do this again. Okay. Yeah. Hey. Thanks, Mitch. And I appreciate you uh, you having me on to talk about and remember Matt. 
Absolutely. Once again, that is former K-State wide receiver Mitch Running here on Wildcat Insider. Up next, going to talk with Brian Smoller here on the show. It's funny you're playing uh, Bon Jovi here because uh, Bon Jovi just actually announced a tour. Uh, they're no gonna, kidding. They're going to be in Omaha April first. That's that's it. That's the truth. That is not a joke. Wow. April first, Bon Jovi in Omaha. Well, how about that? I don't really have any. Uh, I wouldn't say any want to go see that show. Not really a big Bon Jovi fan. I like this song and like one other. I don't remember the name of it, and that's it. I can do some Bad Medicine. Bad Medicine's all right. Let's uh, let's talk to Brian Smoller of uh, he's K State Senior Director of Broadcast services uh brian hey i appreciate your time i know you're getting ready for the uh, jeff Mitty show here in just a moment but uh, first of all I, since you had to do both games in morgantown i was one i was kind of wondering when you found out like hey you're gonna have to do both of these games and it was uh, probably a quick grind to get ready for both of them uh-oh all right go ahead and uh brian i know uh you can hear us but we're having some uh, difficulties on our end so we're going to have to try calling you back here in just a moment. As a matter of fact, Stephen, you might actually have to reset that phone uh, because I, we've been through this before. And, Brian, I'm sorry we, we keep having to delay you, but hopefully we'll get you back here in, uh, here in just a moment. Uh, we have that problem sometimes, but um, I'm going to try to get Brian here back on the phone. But uh, the reason I want to ask him that question is because he had a quick turnaround. Uh, Wyatt was able to make the trip. So Smoller having to call both of those games. Uh, Smoller, sounds like we got you back, but I wanted to know about how quick you had to turn around and get ready for both those games and call two in, uh, in Morgantown. That's not an easy thing to do. I've done it before. Yeah, um, it, was, uh, it wasn't too bad. We found out Thursday, uh, midday, that, that Wyatt wasn't going to be able to go. And kind of at that point, was kind of in scramble mode just as we really kind of put two and two together and, Everyone from that football trip, it sounds like, for the most part, was testing positive. We were contacting Stan and contacting uh, the rest of the radio crew, Matt Walters, who obviously uh, works that game, those games, and uh, will be out for tomorrow's women's game, all tested positive. So I'm uh, just trying to put a couple things together. Actually, it worked out in, in that I had just done the men's game on Tuesday because of the football game, the bowl game. So I, I really had most everything set as far as K-State. It was just a matter of getting West Virginia done. So, yeah, it was a couple of late nights getting everything turned around, and then all day Saturday was a long day at the Coliseum. But we got it done living on a prayer. Speaking with Brian Smoller here on Wildcat Insider. So let's talk men's basketball well, first. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, just, I just made a great Bon Jovi joke. You're not even giving me any credit there on that one. Well, I just got done talking about how I don't like Bon Jovi. and Okay, Brian, good for you. Uh, you got one under me there. Appreciate it. Stealing some of my thunder. All right. Now, after all the jokes are said and done, although you might start keep bringing them, it depends if I set you up or not, uh, with men's basketball – uh, two losses where they had leads in the first half, kind of seeing an opposite thing, right? Where they don't have Bruce Weber the last couple of games, and we've seen some tough starts in the second half, but, you know, uh, we've seen a prior where it's been a bad start in the first half, and then they come out with fire in the second half. With the two losses to Texas and West Virginia, how much would you point at just being shorthanded, not having the depth that they're used to? How much of a factor do you think that was? Well, it's hard to say. I, I think part of the reason 
part of the death issues, well, first of all, the seven that mostly played against Texas and West Virginia are largely the group of seven that they normally play in games. Now, there were two exceptions to that, obviously, with Marquise DeWell out against Oklahoma or against uh, Texas, apologies, and then uh, Mike McGurl being out in the game against uh, West Virginia and Davion Bradford and, and Casey Diego are in there, but there have been a lot of games those guys haven't played much because of foul trouble. So largely the group that made the push in Oklahoma in the second half was that group of seven that has played. Now, I think where it hurt K-State is not necessarily in the way you would think, but it would be more on the coaching depth because having a whole bunch of assistants on the sideline, those guys just aren't sitting there for eye candy. They're there. They all have responsibilities in-game. Keep track of substitution, keep track of minutes, keep track of which guy is in what spot as far as the best fit of the floor, and not having those ideas to bounce. Because when you're at the head coach, when you're in the first chair, the bullets are flying. You're busy taking care of other stuff. You're not really too into the weeds and have a reflective moment to pull back and think objectively about stuff. And I think both Jermaine and Shane did a fantastic job, but both would tell you that it was very difficult to be able to manage all the things you got to manage in a basketball game without having those assistant coaches in your ear. And I think Bruce Weber did a great job all week. I think Chris Lowry have been able to prepare the guys and talk with them and get them prepared. I mean, Bruce and Shane and, and, and Chris, those guys that were out, were heavily involved in the preparation. It's not like they weren't involved at all or anywhere around the program. It just meant that they weren't there physically. I think that's what kind of hurt them. Yeah, I, I agree with you with, you know, with, Coach Henderson and Coach Southwell, who did a fantastic job trying to lead that group into some uh, victories in Big 12 play, but unfortunately now the Cats are 0-3. You know, Bruce Weber, I'll ask you this next and get your opinion on this, Brian, because Bruce Weber, in his last press conference, he was talking about how you know he wasn't just sitting back and saying, it's my life, and this is how we're just dealing with things now. He was talking about how it's unfair that K-State has to go and play these games with just one coach and very limited players. Are you are you in agreement with him that it does seem unfair that K State has to play in these situations? Unfair. I, I mean, it's a hard thing to say if it's unfair. I will say this: it's not fun, and there are other teams in this league and other schools in this conference that have not had, inexplicably, have not had any COVID people test positive. Both for football or men's or women's basketball, um, one of them will be here tomorrow night. And that seems highly improbable. Um, I think people need to be searching aims. So apparently they found a secret to uh, prevent people from getting COVID. But um, in the meantime, I, you know, is it unfair? I don't know. I, it, it's hard to know. COVID is such a moving target. It, it's such a, you know, not to get political or any of that stuff, it's just hard to know, right? The severity of it all. And some of it, not that severe and doesn't seem to affect anybody and others it, it's a real problem for it and so uh, the doctors are doing the best they can and trying to protect people the best they can each school is different there's not a uniform policy up and down the league and because of that um, you know you're going to have different doctors give, give off different information so what's good at one and what's in place at one school is not the same at another and it's going to lead to some advantages for some and disadvantages for others but you know, Texas Tech last night turned around without their, um, you know, a couple of great players this weekend and knocked off Kansas. So it can be done. Listen, I, I was it a, an impact for K-State? No doubt. But the Wildcats had opportunities to win those games, and I think they would tell you, the individuals, the players themselves, 
that their own mistakes led to them not winning the games. I'm not sure it had anything to do with COVID or, or people that weren't there. Yeah, I feel like going back to your comment about Iowa State, it feels like the, the Cyclones are kind of in a bed of roses uh, when it comes to uh, just how they're feeling right now about not dealing with COVID, which, by the way, yes, I've now dropped two Bon Jovi titles uh, since you dropped your joke there, Brian. But um, switching to women's basketball, you called the second game of that doubleheader where they came from behind. They only had eight players, which, by the way, case of women's basketball, They've, they've been playing down four players all season long. They've had 10 on their bench throughout the year and had eight against the Mountaineers. How would you put it into words about exactly that comeback and how awesome it was for them to pull off that victory? You know, after the game, I asked Jeff how big a win that was, and he said, you know, it really was a pretty big win, but not because of the, of the matchup, although West Virginia is supposed to be one of the upper half teams in the league this year. I think the reason it was big was that K-State, for one of the few times this year, really showed some self-inflicted issues in the first half, where they just were not playing. That's the worst they've played in a half this year, and they normally have been a pretty good starting team, especially in the first quarter. So for them to rebound the way they did, just keep staying with it, not panic, and make some adjustments at halftime, be able to get Yoki the basketball inside, number one center in the country by pretty much everyone. It, and then you have all these freshmen hitting outside shots. That I mean, listen, if you haven't been up there to watch him yet, first of all, it's a generational talent in Ioka League. I mean, she's clearly not only one of the best players that's ever played for K-State, but she will be in the conversation for the greatest to ever wear the uniform for women's basketball. But the freshmen that K-State have are just another breed. I mean, they are just, they're fantastic. And they, they play the game the right way in that. They're just gym rats. They love to be there. They don't let much phase them. They just keep going, keep plugging away. And it's fun to watch when they're in rhythm. Now, I don't know what tomorrow's going to have in store. I would think it's a pretty tough opponent, pretty tough challenge. But this Wildcat Bunch is pretty special. I think Jeff May really likes this team, and that's a fantastic road win at, at West Virginia. They go 2-0 on the road against two teams that are, are supposedly two of the better defensive teams in the league. Brian, i got to give you a hard time about this. Why do you call her Ioka Lee? Um, I don't know. That's just the way it, what she told me when she first got here, so I always that, told her that. That's what I would have thought. I bet she's probably scared to say anything because you are an intimidating person. You've been a broadcaster at K-State for a long time. I I just had to bring that up, though. I, I um, Aoka Lee is how yes, she would uh, correct you. What's that? It is that. Yes, you're right. All right, I had to bring it up and give you a hard time about it for just a moment. You mentioned Iowa State. This game Tuesday, that's a top 25 matchup now because the Cats are finally ranked and number 25 in the country, which they should still be higher than that. But And and now Iowa State's number 9. I mean, I'm sure you've kind of looked into this now. That's a big matchup coming up Tuesday at 6.30. I've done a little bit of work on it. It's just the matchup of two premier scores, the National Jones for Iowa State and uh, a Yoko Lee for K-State. You know, really, the, the, the matchup is it's a stark difference between the three-point shooting of Iowa State. They're just one of the best in the country in that. They're also one of the best at getting to the free throw line. They'll spread you out, drive in the lane, get to the line. So we'll see how the finals go tomorrow night. Hopefully a good crowd. We'll stay safe, wear masks, and uh, come support the Cats. Absolutely. Brian Smoller, appreciate your time. Um, we'll see you. 
in a couple of days. Can't go to the women's basketball game. Got Manhattan High basketball, but I'll see you uh, on Wednesday, hopefully. All right, buddy. That's uh, Brian Smoller for K-State. He's going to have the Jeff Mitty Show coming up on Sunny 102.5 at 6 o'clock tonight.